we got like 40% of our brands opted in within an hour. And more than 60% opted in after like another follow-up email. So without even to wow. speak with any of those brands because they saw the value and, right? So, so that's e-commerce that like we're very excited about like the growth there and it's becoming like a very meaningful channel for us. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Leumi Tech, sponsored by Hippo Insurance, Opwest Labs, Turing, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and in media partnership with C-Tech. It's been a year since my good friend Amir Zwickel joined me here in 20 Minute Leaders, and it is definitely time for another episode. Showfields is one of the most amazing companies I've met uh, with, with incredible spaces in, in Miami, New York, and, and more. And uh, this past year during COVID, uh, it's been difficult and it's been weird and it's been uh, fun and exciting for them as they've pivoted and they've realized uh, different potential avenues and different paths. And, and I'm really excited to host Amir here again. So please help me welcome Amir Zwickel, co-founder and CRO at Showfields. Amir is a serial entrepreneur with a specialization in real estate development. He earned his bachelor's in law and business and his master's in law from IDC his master's in political science from Tel Aviv University, and his master's in real estate development from Columbia University in the city of New York. At Showfields, Amir oversees the revenue team and leads the real estate part of the venture, from construction to sourcing and negotiating new properties as part of overseeing Showfields' growth plans and extension strategy. Welcome, Amir. Amir Zwickel, how are you? All the way from New York with a six-week-old newborn. Thank you for coming on the show again. Uh-huh. I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Uh, thank, it's all thank good. you for it's, making the time. Sure. Wonderful. My pleasure. Always happy to talk. Um, and um, yeah, it's been a hell of a year. Um, and hell of a year. A hell of a year and uh, excited about uh, what's upcoming. You know, uh, finally we see the light at the end of the tunnel and... Uh, can start uh, focusing on the future. Um, so excited about that. You know, we talked last time about a year ago. Uh, you were one of the very first uh, mm-hmm. guests I had on the show. And uh, we were talking just as COVID was rolling out and we met in the Showfields building in New York uh, and I believe Bond Street. And I remember coming in and it was this, it's this spectacular building, and anybody who hasn't been there, I really hope they get a chance because it's it's just such a phenomenal experiential activity where you mm-hmm. come in and you observe a new type of re- real estate, a new type of retail, extremely innovative, understanding that every every centimeter in the space is accounted for. And right when we did the episode, it was when. COVID started teaching us that things are shifting a little bit and, you know, the physical space that we're observing, uh, you know, needs to become digitalized in some way, shape or form. And Showfields was all about physical. It was all about coming to experience retail again in, mm-hmm. in a new way. And you were ta- and we were talking a little bit about the ways that Showfields is adapting and the way that you're thinking about, about you know, this new world. And here we are almost a year later, and, and I'm really excited to hear about, you know, what did happen with Showfields and where are you today? And, and what did you learn throughout COVID about consumer behavior and about leadership and about moving forward? Yeah. So take, take me back a year from now, a, a year ago. What, what happened? What happened with COVID and Showfields? Well, um, 
A lot has happened. Um, so I think like if I need to summarize, two main things happened to Showfields as a result of COVID. First being um, it created challenges in the short term. We had to close our New York store for more than three months. Um, we had to postpone our opening in Miami in a few months. And that created challenges in the short term that required us to be creative around it and do take. I'm sorry for that. Um, hold it's on. A per- that's, the, that's, the fa- that's the point of the show. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the fifth member of the family. Uh, yeah. Anyways, so it created challenges in the short term that required us to basically take steps to compensate for that, launch our e-com earlier than originally planned, um, and basically making changes, bring additional cash from existing investors and new investors to not only survive this crisis, but also to position ourselves best to be strong on the other side of that. Um, and I'm happy to say that like we're pretty successful in doing so. The other thing that happened to Showfields as a result of COVID is that it actually created a huge opportunity for us. Um, because when you think about it, all the trends that Showfields was built upon um, are strengthening as a result of COVID. So starting with experiential retail, uh, I think it was already very hard to get people to shop outside of their house in the last few years. And it's going to be even harder. It's very clear. Uh, so everything that is that would have to be around experiential retail, and I think like we're already one of the only companies in, in the retail industry that is not only speaking about experiential retail, but is also like building experiential retail. Second trend being like e-commerce. E-commerce is going to continue to grow. I think like we're going to, we agree on that. Um, and, and with that, the marketing budgets that brands need to spend online in order to get in front of the number of eyeballs that they need to get in front. Customer acquisition cost online that has been increasing consistently in the last few years is gonna, going to continue to increase. And we're going to see more and more brands trying to create touch points with consumers on other channels in order to decrease their CAC online. So that trend is going to strengthen and continue, we believe. Uh, third thing being exp- um, flexibility in retail, which is very obvious. Brands would want to take less risk um, and I think would be less likely to sign on a long-term 10 or 15-year lease. And they would want to do retail in the least risk, uh, risky way possible while still maintaining you know, being respectful towards their brand, elevated and elegant without compromising their brand value. And that's exactly what we offer. And lastly, as you said, like the connectivity between the digital and the physical is key. Being able to attribute enhancement in online sales, for example, as a result of physical exposure is something that is very important. It's going to be even more important. And I think that's something that we've been doing pretty well. Um, so with all that in mind, we, we were very optimistic about the future and the opportunities around it for us. And, um, you know, when you look at the metrics that we're looking at in terms of demand that we see from brands, we actually see that like the number of brands approaching show fields and asking to join the platform has been increasing month over month. Uh, anywhere between 30 to 50% since COVID started, which is counterintuitive to what's going on like in the retail industry right now. Um, so we're very excited about that. And so what I'm hearing you say here is that, you know, you're looking at this from two verticals. You have the very short-term vertical saying, 
you know, okay, yes, we had to delay by three months. The yeah, we had to close the store for three months. We had to close. We had to delay by a few months the opening of Miami. We had to get more cash from existing and new investors. It created a lot of you know a, a lot of balagan internally. But then you're saying, but wait, but then mm-hmm. there's this bigger trend that we're observing. And if we look at the long-term growth of Showfields, we're actually seeing all around the market adapting to the same sort of, um, you know, thesis that you came up with originally saying stores are not going to want to sign long-term leases. They don't need huge spaces. They can make do with with certain spaces. E-commerce is going to get harder with the cost Mm -hmm. of CAC increasing. And here in Showfield, there's an opportunity to capitalize on that. And while these three months or four months may hurt, in the long term, there's a lot of added benefit. Is Is that sort of the thinking that you have going on? Exactly. You know, when you think about like a few years back, like 10 years or 15 years, like building a website for a company was a million dollar project, six to 12 months, super complex. If I need to make an analogy for like real estate, it's a huge capex upfront investment in order to, it was, it used to be in order to open a, a website, right? And then Shopify came to the world and other companies came to the world and said, Instead of capex, instead of huge complexity in upfront investment, we'll do it like no barriers to entry whatsoever. You can do e-com within an hour. And instead of like paying upfront, pay us like a monthly fee. Let's convert capex to opex. Right. Right. And our promise to you, Brent, is that we're going to always provide you with the best tools to do e-com. And what happened then is that like there was an explosion of creativity, um, the age of creation, no barriers to entry whatsoever, and the democratization was totally lost. So if someone wants to open a brand for mattresses today and want to compete with Casper on clicks for mattresses, it's inaccessible for them, same way as real estate on Fifth Ave is inaccessible, right? right. And, and now what's, what's happening is that like it's impossible to stand out online without like spending a huge amount of money. So all of them are yes. coming back. The thing is that the barriers to to the physical world have never been so high. So what we want to be, we want to be what Shopify is for e-com for physical retail. We want to convert their CapEx to OPEX, pay us something monthly, no barriers to entry, no upfront risk, Come join physical and open a touch point rather than a sale point, right? Yeah, I, I think that's just so that's that, just amazing. That's so you're you're sitting there and, mm-hmm. and COVID is starting. Is this the same? Are you as clear on this thesis when I first met you in Bond Street back in New York? Well, were you as clear on that, or did this really solidify partially as a result of what happened in this fa- in this past year? It's a good question. Uh, we had this thesis all along the way, but I think like we now like see the business more like as a platform that uh, our vision is in the next few years to have thousands of different touch points on this platform for many different kinds. So once a brand onboards to the platform, they never have a reason to live, right? So some of those right. touch points are high street physical retail, like uh, the flagship we have in Bonn or like the flagship we have in Miami. Some of them would be within shopping centers. Some touch points would be within airports or on flights or within hotels. So wherever consumers exist, we want to allow brands to meet them. Um, Today, when we look at our business, we have three main channels. One being flagships. We have one in New York open for around two years. Um, Another one in Miami. And we want to keep on opening more of those in the next few years in other major cities around the world. Second uh, channel that we have is e-commerce. We have more than 400 brands and more than 200 artists. By the way, in general, we more than triple the amount of brands on our platform uh, since COVID hit. 
So wow. um, on e-com, few very interesting things are happening there um, with the, the, the two most interesting things are one, uh, different collaborations that we have with enterprise level brands such as American Express, where we basically, the value that we bring to the table there is one, our access to beautiful endless amount of brands and two, our ability, our technology that allows us to onboard brands within minutes to a multi-vendor platform that actually works. That allows them to do the play that they want and and basically amplify our website and create a lot of value for other brands that like live there, uh, which like, in, in times like that, Mm-hmm. I have to take you back because uh, when I, when we walked up the stairs, I remember this vividly. I remember you explaining to me the onboarding process that you have for a new brand in the physical mm-hmm. space. And you were telling me how pretty much seamlessly you have a designing team, you do everything online and, and like this, they, yeah. they have a store and it's a beautiful store. You walk in, there is a representative, they're demoing the product. You can, you can spend hours there and it, it'll be a much higher quality probably than they would be able to do themselves over the span of months of preparation. And so now you're telling me about this new magic where how you're onboarding within a matter of minutes new brands. This is not, you know, a single mm-hmm. Amazon uh, seller that is selling out of their garage. This is a full-on brand that has a messaging that has that has, you know, their own strategy and you're bringing them on. And, and you know, I'm making this analogy here because I'm saying, you know, the, the like the the intelligence of what you're doing here is this ability to work together with brands at such a seamless way and uh, in this beautiful integration that uh, I just love seeing the parallel of what it was before and how you're translating now, obviously, to much higher scale. It's even becoming more interesting when we're speaking about brands that are already on our platform because it's even easier. Um, So the other thing that is very interesting that's happening on our e-commerce platform right now is that um, and I'll be able to disclose like by name very soon, but we're about to finalize a partnership with a very big media group um, that basically has like very, very high traffic online. They work with very, very strong brands, but what the like, the type of brands that they don't work with is the long tail of brands, which is exactly like most of the brands in the world and the type of brands that like we have access to. So this collaboration is basically building a new um, e-com platform on top of their website where they would be responsible to bring the traffic and will be responsible to um, to bring the brands. They're creating the most like high quality type of content around these brands. So they get value as a result of that and also sales. And the interesting part about it is that like we basically allowed our brands to opt in um, this new channel and we got like 40% of our brands opted in within an hour. And more than 60% opted in after like another follow-up email. So without even to wow. speak with any of those brands because they saw the value and right. So so that's e-commerce that like we're very excited about like the growth there and it's becoming like a very meaningful channel for us. Um the third channel, which is maybe the most like the, the newest thing we have, is called Out of Home. Uh we developed a concept called Magic Box, which is basically pure retail as a service where Showfields can basically create a smaller version of the Showfields magic and take any type of square footage that you want, curve it out, and use our network of brands and artists to create a highly experiential rotating marketplace to meet them. 
um, where we basically become partners of the landlord or the operator, the retailer, because like this could also like be uh, done with retailers. So many different scenarios for the magic box that we're working on each one of them. But the main one is shopping centers. So think about shopping malls in the world, curving out an area that is usually referred to as a common space. We do like we bring our network to build it, we activate it, we operate it, we do everything. And the landlord gets to one, activate a space that wasn't activated before, two, monetize it as at least as well as it would have been monetized by a traditional tenant. And three, which is the most important thing, because like even without one and two, only three would make them do it. They get to have the most sophisticated lead generation machine inside their mall. Because when we onboard these like 20 brands or 30 brands to like a magic box type of activation, it's very easy to stand there in front of the data with the landlord few months in and identify which ones were like so successful that they would that it would actually make sense for them to take their own store in the mall. It's literally so it's literally data driven real estate. It's unbelievable. Exactly. And like and 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 I think what's innovative about it is that like for us at least, like we're not like a traditional tenant anymore. We're more a tool that landlords can use. Because if I prove that like I hit the metrics that I'm speaking about, why don't they do it in their entire portfolio? Right? Because they have like a lot of them have enough so there is like one point five billion square foot of retail in the US that are ultra prime location and someone is already paying rent for, right? So, um, you know, wow. similarly to Uber, who is the largest taxi company in the world without owning any taxi, we want to be the largest retailer in the world without like signing any traditional lease. Uh, so that's Amen. the vision. It's a very big and uh, um, vision, but like we we're moving towards that and we're working on a first proof of concept that we're going to execute on by the end of the month. Uh, so really around the corner with like one of the largest like mall groups in the world. And we're like uh, working with the others as well. Uh, we have similar initiatives with like um, other types of touch points, like retailers that we were working on partnering with. So this is really, really exciting. And like we see the growth of Showfields in the next few years coming from both of those channels, like flagships and uh, magic box with obviously ecom in the background contributing everything I'm just connecting uh, a charger but <laughs> i think that what you're describing here uh you know and, and first of all i have to say that i i what i love most about the show is that we can have this awesome conversation and it doesn't need to be in a formal studio it doesn't have to be you know with makeup and uh, all the you know we're just doing it from home you have a, a six week old newborn baby you have another beautiful kid you have the dog your your parents are, are visiting it's like it, this is this is you know how you know i i like this show and and so thank you for for bringing that out and and i just love having you here again for the second time i I love Showfields. I loved it from the second that I walked into the store and I saw something that I've never seen before. And I, it's so rare to walk into a place and to see something that you've never seen before. You never thought of, uh, you never thought of it as, you know, as something that, that could and should be. And, you know, I can only bet that, you know, a few years from now, when it becomes abundant around the world, people are not going to remember what it's like to have just a, a traditional regular store that has one brand and doesn't have much experience. It just has a bunch of products. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm really excited to look back at the, on this episode, uh, you know, 10, 15 years from now when the world is in a completely different place. Amir, thank you for coming. I have three short questions yeah. for you. Are you ready? 
Yes. All right. Number one, Go favorite subject in school? Well, I think it was geography. Um, and, you know, like I've, the one thing I like doing the most is traveling around the world. And I think like uh, this passion started back then. Like I was lucky enough to travel a lot with my parents when I was a kid. Um, and since then, I'm trying to like use my free time for that a lot. So, yeah. Amazing. Role model, fictional or real, somebody that had an impact on you that you look up to as a role model? Uh, well, there are several. Um, I'm currently reading the book of Frank Lurie, uh, who is the person behind Westfield. Um, and extremely inspiring um, person who built an empire from nothing. Um, Holocaust survivor. Um, funny enough, it's like his uh, parents are from Hungary and Slovakia, which is exactly my origin. Um, so... Uh, I connect to that, relate to that as well, but like very, very interesting and also like a very recommended book. It's called Pushing the Limits. Uh, but Frank Louis is like uh, definitely an inspiration. Amazing. Amir, three words that you would choose to describe yourself or if I were to ask any of your colleagues at Showfields, how would they describe Amir Swickle? Uh, it's a tough question. Um, I think like one last time we spoke, like I like I said, hardworking. Um, it's definitely the, the the first word that like people that work <laughs> with me would describe me with. Um, I wanna. I think like I'm very passionate about what I'm doing. I don't think there is anything else that like I could do in my life right now that I would be more passionate about. Um, and I see myself as a go-getter, like I, I get shit done and it's like important for me. Um, I think this would be like the, the three best words to describe um, myself. Um, Amir, yeah. thank you very, very much. This was wonderful. Thank you for coming again. And I look, forward, I look forward to the third time. Uh, enjoy the time with the newborn. And yeah, can't hopefully we'll always have new stuff to say. Yeah, Definitely. hopefully, like, next time there is, like, new, new more stuff to say, and it, it was a pleasure as always. Bye-bye.